Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to first thank you for joining me here for an exciting episode here at Precious Predicament. Many of you know I am a licensed marriage and family therapist as well as the host of Precious Predicament's Blog Talk Radio. Now, today is election day. However, I also want to say happy birthday to Deron Hamilton and also to my God, the Father, rest in peace, Michael Fish, Gilmore Watts. We miss you. So, but in honor of saying birthday, happy birthday to them, I always used to have to do that because they celebrated the same birthday. Today's topic, besides today being election day, This topic is interesting because we're going to be talking about revelation. Now, Reverend Michael Johnson already texted me and said he's going to be running kind of late. And the other young lady that was supposed to be joining us, she kind of backed out. But let's see if she goes join in, even though she wanted to talk about revelation. Because many of you guys heard me say, I always stayed out of this book. And that's because I've always been hard-headed. So, you know, I feel like I, I need to know what I need to know when I need to know it and some things I didn't want to play with. And when I would hear stories about Revelation, it was kind of scary for me. It's like I don't celebrate Halloween. I don't watch scary movies because I don't want to be spooked or anything. But what we call the Bible the book of instructions before leaving earth, meaning what they say is everything is basically written in the Bible, and this is our guide to life. One would think, and I've heard people say I read the book from the cover to the back, which I remember being a kid, and I used to wonder, why do people still have that book? Haven't they read it already? And I didn't know how to go about studying scriptures and chapters and putting it all together. You know, I was one that sang in the choir, go to church, fall asleep, you know, because I got bored easily. But when we start talking about Revelation, even though we're living in a world where we as believers are starting to know, and we know that God is in control. We know that. But as you see, I'm still watching CNN. I'm still trying to figure and see what's going to happen, you know. But the thing is, we start talking about being in the world, not of the world. We start talking about Revelations as well as Genesis and all the other books that are in the Bible. They have indicated that Revelation is one of the most interesting books of the Bible. And many individuals are fascinated as well as puzzled by the information as it relates to the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is what we're going to talk about. Now, when we start talking about that, there are vivid imagery of disaster as well as suffering and some of that stuff we are going through now and we are experiencing. Experiencing now. I remember a while back when they were talking about fishes were dying in the ocean and all of this stuff. And, you know, tsunamis and earthquakes. And I used to be like, this is just too much information. But even though when we start talking about what is in the book of Revelation and it starts talking about the battle of the Armageddon, the four horsemen, which is interesting because I remember having a conversation with a person as it related to that. And people thought she was kind of crazy, but I kept telling people, she's not crazy. She knows, and this is what she's what she's coming up with. And the hideous beast. And when we're talking about the mark of the beast, where it was originally talking about voting, 
And when we start talking about the numbers of 666, many individuals view such, we talked about Revelation, as the map to the end of the world. And I used to always hear parents say, well, we're living in our last days. You know, we I, I've heard all these different things, but I didn't know if it was true or not. So I said I was not going to be really talking about this, and I'm waiting on people to call in. So if you are a pastor, a preacher, a deacon, a deaconette, or even if you're an usher, and you go to Sunday school, and you know and you've read Revelation, let's talk about it because I want to hear your thoughts. Because like I said, I tried to listen to the Bible app last night, and I fell asleep even trying to listen to that. That's let you know I did not want to to be dealing with all of this. So give me a call, 516-387-1914, because I do want to hear your thoughts. Now, there was a person, an individual on Facebook that kind of tagged me on some things, commented on some information, and I do want to read what she wrote. So I'm going to have to go off my phone so that I can read the Facebook comment. So again, I see that we've got one person already listening. Give me a call. I want to hear your thoughts so we can talk about it. I'm not going to bore you with a whole lot of um, biblical teachings. We're not going to be having Sunday school. So you don't have to be afraid. But I do want someone to explain, in layman's terms, the book of Revelation. So let me go on Facebook Live. And thank you for joining me. Now, when we start talking about this book of Revelation and what it actually means, and it indicates, and I got my Bible sitting in front of me, so that individual, Lord, I got my Bible in front of me, but don't have my speaker sitting by me. When we start talking about even with Genesis being the book of beginnings and Revelation is the book of what they call the end in the divine program of the redemption, it is brought Fruitation of the holy name of God is vindicated before all creation. Although there are numerous prophecies in the gospel, they talk about Revelation is the only New Testament book that focuses primarily on prophetic events. So that's where we start talking about when individuals start saying, you know, or they start having these, these forethoughts or prophesizing and telling us what's going to happen in the world and it's already in the Bible. Now, its titles mean unveiling or disclosure. Thus, the book is an unveiling of the character and program of God. Now, this was done by John during his exile on the islands of Patmos. I hope I pronounced it right. Now, Revelation centers around visions and symbols of the rescued Christ, who alone has the authority to judge the earth, to remake it, and to rule it in its righteousness. Now, and like I said, with today being election day and individuals are putting all of their hope and trust in the president, we can't just be doing all that because we serve a higher power. You know, we have someone, we already have a God. So, what this man is talking about, he really needs to go somewhere with that. So my question then was, when I was talking to some of my friends, and I hope Mr. Tony called in, 
what if things don't go the way that some individuals are thinking it's going to go? You know, you got individuals, they're talking about people going to be protesting. And I'm looking at something where it says black voters struggle to choose between the two presidential candidates. If it's already written, why are we supposed to be going through this? If we're in the world but not of the world, I need somebody to really explain this. Now, I wanna, I'm want i looking for the comment that the young lady made, and I was hoping that she would um, definitely call in when she um, when she made the comment in my on um, on my Facebook. So I'm trying to find it. So please bear with me as I am doing this, because she made a very interesting um, point as it related to revelations and some of the things that she um, she had to say. And like I said, I definitely invited her to call in. Her name is, I want to say her last name is Hightower, so I don't even know if she's related to me because that is my mother's uh, maiden name. But one of the things she talks about is the Holy Spirit. And she said, open the ears of your children, allow your instruction for these days' journey to be heard and followed according to your will and ways. Not Satan's fearful influence over man in Jesus' name. Now, she also posted something else that I saw. And um, like I said, and I had asked her to join in on the group where she also put in, as far as she saw my post as it related to another group that I posted on, she commented. And she indicated that the Holy Spirit created the Spirit first. The Holy Spirit created animals, plants, creatures, along with blowing breath into the divine and powerful spirit created in earth and nature. People were the last creation the Holy Spirit regretted created. <laughs> the Holy Spirit allowed his children to be birthed through an unwed virgin, which man calls bastard. And when the mother is not wed, Cain and Abel were two different sets of twins that took their twin sister as a wife. The Holy Spirit's only concern is that the spirit he wrapped in flesh, the Holy Spirit is the invisible and impossible. And in Revelation 20, tells all of Satan's serving, his thousand-year sentence, and he lose riding on the back of the dragon. King James was a molester of the innocent and the lower of men. No one speaks of the fifth phrase, which I also want to call in talking about the fifth phrase, talking about the spiritual warfare, is headed by the Mother Earth calling on nature and the elements. Destroy Satan and his followers of deception, lies, nastiness, bitterness, secrets, uplifting flesh, containers within secret dwellings that are fueled by money, prestige, entitlement, tearing down fear, selfishness, and stepping on the less than to get ahead Satan rules in fear. So it looks like we have Reverend Mike on the line, and I'm glad he's on as I just read what the individual posted. Good morning. How are you doing? Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, I just, someone posted something on my Facebook page, and I find it to be very, I found it basically to be very interesting, and I just read it. And especially as we're talking about what's happening today and the election and, 
you know, people are in an uproar and, and people thinking it's going to be a civil unrest. No, I don't think we're going to be doing all of that. You know, you may have a few that want to act out, but we don't have to ignite and instigate all of that when we start talking about fear. And I was reading something how when the young lady posted and she was talking about the lies, the deceptions, the nastiness, the bitterness, the secrets, the uplifting flesh contained within secret dwellings that are fueled by money, prestige, entitlement, tearing down of others, selfishness, and stepping on the lesson to get ahead, Satan rules in fear. And I found that to be very powerful because that is a lot of stuff that we see or are seeing today. What are your thoughts in regards to that, um, Reverend Mike? Well, to put it simply, it's sin. That's all it is. It's mm-hmm. sin. If you go over to, uh, let me go over to Galatians. And I will look at Galatians. Fifth chapter, starting with the 19th verse. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, decision, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveling. And the like, which means things that are like those, of which I tell you before, just as I've told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So they're talking about sin, it's talking about operating in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Those are my thoughts on it. Now, when you start getting back to revelations, like I was saying, and, you know, the lady that wanted to talk about this, she didn't realize that today was her birthday. <laughs> and so with today being her birthday, she going to send me a text this morning talking about she's going to be having a Zoom birthday party, so I need to interfere her Zoom birthday party because she was the one that wanted to talk about revelations. And I know you and I had the conversation as we started, and you wanted to know because this is such, um, it has so much uh, information as when we talk about Revelation, and a lot of times individuals kind of get confused because it is the ending of the Bible, but yet there's so much meat in that. So what I was doing was I was trying to not read the whole, because the chapter ain't really that long as what I thought it was. I started doing the Bible app, going to sleep, I fell asleep. Now, even though when we start talking about Revelation, and I'm looking at some information, and it's coming from unlockingthebible.org, and they talk about the seven realities revealed in the book of Revelation. And even though that there are books in the Bible that sparks much, much controversy and confusion, Revelation is one that sparks a lot of confusion. Now, I mean, I know you are, you, 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 you preach, you do Bible studies, you do a lot of different things to try to teach the Word of God to individuals and believers as well as non-believers. But why does the book of Revelation cause, or they view it as causing a lot of confusion? Well, uh, first of all, let's look at what Revelation means. Revelation is finding out about an unknown fact or truth 
that you previously didn't know. Mm -hmm. In the Greek, Revelation is pronounced apocalypse, which in English means apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Apocalypse is to uncover or just disclose. Now, when you uh, mention the fact about uh, it is the end, now check this out. This is over in Isaiah 4610. Those of you who are listening, write that down. Isaiah 4610, and it says, this is God talking, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. So what 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 forty six ten is saying is God started from the end and worked his way back up. Mm-hmm. Which means when he says I'm the first to last, the beginning and the end, and I'm the Alpha and Omega. That is what he's revealing to us in forty six ten. So God already knows what's happening. It talks about our steps or or order of the Lord. You know, we are preordained to walk in God's way. But just like we talked a uh, couple of weeks ago, we have a choice. Well, we're going to follow uh, 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 what God has told us to do. The book of Revelation fulfills God's promise. And Apostle John wrote uh, the book of Revelation from the Isle of Patmos, which he was sent to, uh, it's like a small Greek island, and he was banished there by Emperor uh, Domitian. And this is where he saw the vision of all the things that are to come. When you look in the book of Daniel, when you look at Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, they all point to the coming Savior and the end of the world. Now, the seven things that, that you uh, said that you uncovered, what you, would you call that? Something.com, whatever that is, is to, it's well, it's, addressing yeah, the seven I, churches. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, it talks about the seven yeah, it's addressing uh, the seven churches, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and how the church has reflected Jesus Christ here on the earth. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I, I find interesting is there have been over a thousand predictions when the end is coming, mm-hmm. ever since Jesus ascended up in heaven. And, and one of the things that tells us in Matthew, the 24th chapter, the 36th verse, it says, but of uh, that day, an hour. No one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. There has been well over 1,000 predictions, I say again. The only one that knows when the time has come is God our Father. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody remembers the story about Noah, right? And it says, as in the days of Noah, when they were eating, drinking, and marrying, Partying it up, having a good time, it's going to come. Now, if you remember, Noah built on that ark for hundreds of years, and people were laughing and scoffing at him, just mm-hmm. like people laugh and scoff at, at Christians today. You know, the Lord is coming soon. Yeah, 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 right, right, yeah, the Lord is coming soon. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be caught unaware, just like those same people that got caught unaware in the days of Noah. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I'm sitting here still because I'm still watching television at the same time, right? And I was talking to Keith last night, and he made a comment, and he was saying something about 
everybody is not going to heaven and hell is real. And some people have made some decisions and done some things. And they said, he was talking about it. It was, it was funny, but it wasn't funny. And with this election, he was talking about some people go wind up in hell saying, man, what you doing here? I was following Trump. You know, I <laughs> said, oh, my God. You know, when we start talking about that, and when it indicates that he uses imagery, and even though like you were talking about he's coming and we need to stay awake to this and the truth, and that's Revelation sixteen fifteen. And when Keith made that comment, it was like, you know, people have been voting on things that they know they shouldn't have, you know, doing things that they shouldn't have been doing. And, you know, and we all got a choice. And like you said, it's a choice, but we can all try to get it right. But some individuals are just stuck in sin. And even when it talks about using um, imagery and symbolism, that can seem bizarre and strange at first glance, but he's not out to confuse us. God is really out to encourage us because we got to remember, and you talked about, Revelation was originally written to seven struggling churches to help them find and to endure in the faith. Therefore, Revelation is in our Bible today, and it helps us press on in our walk with Christ. But like I was telling you earlier, I always even stay, I always, I never wanted to go into that book. But it talks about, one, the real Jesus. And Revelations 1-1 begins with these words, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Revelation is first and foremost in the book of Jesus and all about Jesus. What did it mean in regards to, and I know the Bible speaks for itself, but when we start talking about that and, you know, sovereignty over creation and one twelve sixteen Lion of Judah, who alone is worthy to unfold human history, slain lambs who shed his blood to transform his people, word of God who leads the enemies, I mean, the armies in heaven, judge who justifies his own and condemns his enemies in the lake of fire. And 20, chapter 20, verses 11 through 15, and this is the real Jesus who we call to honor and serve now and unto eternity. Can you speak on that a little bit, Reverend Mike, when we start talking about the real Jesus? Because we got fake people, we got um, false prophecies, prophets, we got all kinds of stuff going on right now. You said a, said a mouthful there, so I don't know uh, if I can answer everything that you just stated, but let's go over to uh, let's go over to John, the first chapter. And most people know this. Uh, John 1, 1 through 3 and then verse 14. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 14, and the Word became flesh. I'll say it again. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When you go back and you look in the book of Genesis, when God said, we 
shall create man in our own image. Now, a lot of times churches will use the terminology Trinity, and that's where a lot of people get crossed up because when you say Trinity, it, it would appear to be three separate things. Mm-hmm. But in the Hebrew sense of the word, it's really called triune. Tri meaning three, un means one, three and one. You have God the Father, that is his position. Then you have God, Jesus, that is the relationship. And the Holy Spirit is the one that connects mankind with the Godhead. Talk about Jesus. Now, you look at the four Gospels and you look from uh, uh, starting with Matthew all the way to Revelation, it tells us who the real Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 he said, you shall know them by their fruits, talking about us, the Christians. Over mm-hmm. in John, the 14th and the 15th chapter, he says, you shall know them by their fruits. Well, what mm-hmm. is the fruit? The fruit is the end result of what a seed has been planted. So if you plant a watermelon seed and get flowers, something's wrong. That's a freak of nature. Something ain't right. <laughs> you mm-hmm. plant a rose bush and get apples, something ain't right. Whatever seed you plant, I mean from the beginning, in the seed DNA, God has purposed this thing to work so perfectly. Because mm-hmm. when you put a seed in the ground, whatever the DNA in that seed says, that's what's going to grow. Mhm. That is true. That That is so true. And that's what should grow. Now, you spoke a little bit about when it talks about in regards to the one of the seven of what it shows us is God or in regards to um, the real Jesus. And the second one is the real church. Revelation also paints a realistic picture of the church. Churches have changed from the way churches were back then. At least we think of the first century Christians had it all together. Revelations 2 to 3 shows us the real churches with real issues. He features his backsliding. They talk about the one that was suffering, the one that was compromising, the one that was polluting, the one that was dying, and Philadelphia is small. So when we start talking about that, Mike, can you tell us a little bit about, as it talks about the real church? Well, we are supposed to be in an express image and reflection of God Almighty. When mm-hmm. Jesus Christ died on the cross, it says, when we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts, we uh, became children of God. I'm going to have to go back over to the book of John again because it says something right here. And let's look at John 14. It's so so. So much good stuff in there. I was doing this. Everybody read John 14 and 15. I'm going to read mm-hmm. uh, John 14 and 10. It says, do you not know, excuse me, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me and does the work. Then over in verse 20 it says, and that day you will know that I am in the Father and you in me. I want to say that again. And that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Who Mm -hmm. has my commandments and keep them, it is he who loves me. It is he who loves me 
will be loved by my father and I will love him. And so so basically this is what I got. This is what helps me out. Jesus said that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. And then it says right here that if we accept Jesus, he's in us. So I have an image in my head that Jesus is opening up my Father and stepping inside of him. Simultaneously, the Father is stepping inside of Jesus and inside of him, and then simultaneously, we are stepping in the Father, and the Father and Jesus is stepping in us. That's a lot of power. Well, yes, it is. That's a lot of power. And he goes on and further says, when we are children of God and we are an express expression of his love here on the earth, it is impossible for us to have a lifestyle of sin, which is the word means iniquity. Mm-hmm. Now, because we're locked in this flesh tent, we're going to fall and we're going to sin. But like over in John 1, 9, it says, if we're faithful and just enough to confess our sins, he is faithful and just enough to forgive us our sins. But Jesus is talking about a lifestyle of sin, living a life of iniquity. And that's mm-hmm. what a lot of people are uh, 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 get messed up because I know, you know, being a minister, people are waiting on me to mess up so they can stand there and accuse me. You Some say people are even praying for my demise mm-hmm. so they can stand there and accuse me. You know, mm-hmm. even you, Jeanette, you know, with all the good work that you do, people are watching you whether you realize it or not. Well, I know you know <laughs> with all that what you've been through. But people watch you. You know, I can sit up there and talk about, oh, how I love Jesus and all this stuff, but they're going to watch how I act, not not particularly what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. They're going to see what your faith walk is like. Mm-hmm. They're going to see if you have a bad temper. They're going to see if you steal. They're going to see if you tell lies. Mm-hmm. These are the fruits that I was talking about earlier. Because mm-hmm. a Christian that is following the Lord is not going to be living a lifestyle of these type of things. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Lord, uh, uh, and I used to hear people say, well, the Lord knows me and the Lord knows I'm not perfect. That's just an excuse for bad uh, behavior. Uh, 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 like, the Lord knows my heart. Yeah, but you out here just living carefully, doing whatever you want to do, and you're going to talk about the Lord knows your heart. You know, and that mm-hmm. takes us to the third one, Mike, and it talks about real suffering. Now, Jesus never promised that following him will be easy. Life in the fallen world is marked by suffering. In the Revelation, the seven seals, which is when they talk about chapter 6, 1 through 17, chapter 8, 1 through 5, the seven trumpets, chapter 8, 6 through 9 through uh, 21, and chapter 11, 15, 19, the seven bowls describe the great turmoil on the earth. Now, when we start talking about the debate about the parts of these suffering, sometimes we as believers, we will endure, but we certainly endure some, when they talk about even in Romans, and yet the great hope of Revelation is that one day God himself will wipe away our tears from our eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the formal things have passed. And that's in Revelation 21.4. So when you start talking about the suffering, Mike, sometimes people don't want to have to go through the suffering. 
You know, we don't want to go through the accusations. We don't want to go. It just becomes sometimes, like, I just be sitting here minding my own business, and I just be getting in all kind of trouble. I be like, for real, Lord? <laughs> you know how want that? I know. Somebody up in the office. Do what? I say, you know the one I know. Get in trouble just sitting up in the office. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, when we talk about suffering, uh, there's going to be different types of suffering. Because right now, yeah. those of us who, who are walking in, in the ordinance, commandments, and the statutes of God's word, we're going through our sufferings with the inequality yeah. and all the things that we're going through right now. But in the book of Revelation, this is talking about people that have been left behind. Mm-hmm. Because when the Lord said, you know, they talk about the Lord will come in and 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 a twinkle in a minute of you know, in a minute of mm-hmm. twinkling of an eye, you know, we the church is going to be removed. And when church is removed out of this world with Jesus' second coming, you know how people say all hell done broke loose. Mm-hmm. All hell is going to broke loose because the Holy Spirit is the only restraining force right now that's keeping Satan and his kingdom from taking over. Now, just think about all the praying Christians around the world, the children of light reflecting the Father's light, that we are praying and we're holding and standing our ground right now. But when the church Mm -hmm. is removed, people are in trouble. Yep. And that's when, you know, me and you were talking, uh, I think we were talking last week, that after that time comes, and then it talks about the market of beasts and where you won't mm-hmm. be able to buy nor sell, and and all of these type of things that's going to be coming. And even though the Bible describes it, people still don't have a clue or an idea how devastating it's going to be. Can you really understand what it's going to be like when there's no love and compassion in the world? When we look at Washington D.C. right now. That is just what you call an hors d'oeuvre of what they come. You have the administration in this country that has shown no love, no compassion for all of these people that have lost their lives, all of these people that are hospitalized, all of these people in the food lines and stuff. We're just getting a taste of what no having, no compassion and love for people. But when that is removed, when the church is removed, I, for one, would not want to be here. Okay, we got another caller calling in. Let me log this person on. Good up. Uh, I want to say good afternoon now. Welcome to Precious Dickman's Love Pup Radio. How are you doing? I recognize this number. Oh, you're talking to me. Oh, yeah. So oh, me I'm oh okay. Oh, no, you won't now. I thought it was another person calling in from Mississippi because I knew the area code.
making merry and exchanging presents. Mike, what was that about in Revelation 11.10? Because why are people just being so cruel? Nobody likes to look at themselves in the mirror when they've been walking in darkness. When someone confronts you with your evil deeds and exposes you for what you are, a person that has an unrepentant heart, they get angry and they get very upset and they, this, this hatred comes in. They had a movie uh, that was done by TBN. Let me see. That was about 27 years ago now. It's called Megiddo. I don't know if anybody ever heard of it. But it talks about uh, the revelation at the end time, and it, it, it talked about the uh, two witnesses. Some people say it was Moses, <laughs> Isaiah, one of the prophets. So it's two witnesses. But even with the two witnesses, it's for God's glory because it says that the whole world will see them lying mm-hmm. in Jerusalem. And so back a long time ago, we say, well, how is the whole world going to see them? But now, you know, with the modern uh, uh, technology that we have, we can the whole world can see anything. Mm-hmm. And it says they will lie there as an open shame and as uh, uh, an example of what will be done to people who proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the same way that Satan thought he had Jesus when he died upon the cross, the same mistake they made with the two witnesses, because after three days they're going to be resurrected. Mm-hmm. And it goes also, Mike, in talking about real deception. And a lot of times people are being deceived and don't even realize it. But in Revelation 12, 9, Paul Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. And throughout the book of Revelation, he, he deceived the world into engaging with him in active rebellion against the Almighty God in Revelation 16, 14. And we, that reminds us that we need to stay away and resist his lies. But for some reason, a lie just sounds so good. For some reason, a lie just sounds so promising. But yet, it's already written. Why do we believe a lie before we believe the truth? Well, I think I might have mentioned this before. You know how the Secret Service can tell counterfeit money? <laughs> no, tell your story. How? The way Secret Service can tell counterfeit money is because they study what the real money is like. Mm-hmm. The way that a uh, security uh, theft control person in a in a uh, department store, they can tell a shoplifter because they study yeah. what real shoppers do. Correct. And so the same thing, you know, and, and the second Timothy it says, study to show thyself approved, or work with not being ashamed. And so the way that you keep from being deceived is you have to know what the real word is. You have to know what the truth is. You have to study. You have to read. And so when something comes along, it just doesn't hit your spirit right. Now I'm a, uh, I'm not going to mention this this minister's name, but I'll mention it. He has a worldwide ministry, 
And so he was teaching up a storm one time, and he talked about when Jesus was in the manger, in the manger, and he had uh, these swaddling clothes. They were called uh, tea rags, and the tea rags was the one that would wipe the milk away from the cow's teeth, and and Jesus was the milk, and this, and I mean, he, I mean, it was sounding real good, but it wasn't well, he my spirit right. 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 <laughs> and so I went to study and took it in my spirit right. There's no such thing in the Bible. Mm-hmm. There's no such things in scriptures. And so you I know, people that you get the hoping and the hollering and hollering amen. When you say the word amen, that means that you are saying that you agree with what's being said. I don't give out mm-hmm. my amen deliberately. Correct. Like that. So you right and it says in the last day that even the very elect is gonna be deceived. You know, Jesus told us that sheep is going to come. I mean, wolves is going to come in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. You know what? And that is true. And so, like I said, and therefore, that's why we need to stay awake and resist alive. And this also reminds us the ultimate battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the cosmetic powers over this present darkness, even in Ephesians. So our mission in the world is not to wage war with the unbelievers we know, but to win some, uh, that's why we try to win souls. And one can deliver them from deceitful schemes of our great enemy by opening up their eyes to the truth. Now, Dee, would you about to say something? Because I heard you say something as Mike was speaking. you have any comments or questions or yeah. anything? I feel that's one of the biggest weaknesses in the world now, that people don't study the word. They stand up and become public speakers, I guess I would call them, evangelist speakers, where they want to put their spin on God's word. That's what a lot of people think they are true Christians when they are following the devil straight to hell. Mm-hmm. That's in church every Sunday. That's basically you, one flaw. Because we have a lot of individuals that have charisma. We have a lot of people that sound good, but you ain't talking about nothing. You know, they got it going on. They got all these people jumping and hopping and hooping and hollering and standing on one foot. Kind of reminds me of the coming to America thing when the lady's walking down the aisle getting married. You know, but we need to be mindful of that. It's kind of like what Reverend Mike was saying. If you study to show yourself approved, when you hear something that don't fit right with your spirit, you need to go look it up for yourself. You know, even kids nowadays will be like, I was talking to writer the other day. writer called me a liar. I looked at writer like, no, you didn't just call me a liar. Back in the day, a kid get popped in the mouth for some mess like that. Granny, you lying. Man, thank God he was far from me. But Ryder, I forgot what I said to Ryder. But Ryder straight out told me I was lying. You lying. I'm who? I'm what? I'm like, yeah, damn. So, but, you know, and that's the thing. But even kids nowadays are not letting you just tell them anything. But we as grown folks are still trying to, to 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 follow individuals, trying to get in where we can fit in, and you know, well, it sounds good, and and I I trust them, and I for real. And the next one it talks about Mike is the real judgment in a revelation because few things that are unpopular today as the doctrine of eternal condemnation, and yet few things are as clear as in a revelation as the doctrine of hell. Hell is not pleasant. Hell is very real. And that was kind of what Keith was talking about when he was talking about people. Some people don't believe hell is real. 
They figured that once they if they did what they did and if they die, they done, they ain't got to worry about it. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more. But you know that was wrong. So when we start talking about that with hell being very real, and at the end of history, everyone who has not pledged allegiance to the Christ by repentance, because we we can repent, and the faith will face its wrath with God. God's judgment is always just. And they will receive what they deserve. But see, sometimes it seems like man is so busy trying to be, and we talked about this before on the show, where man try to be the judge, the jury, and the executioner. You know, I'm not worried about man judging me. I'm worried about what God got to say about all of this. Now, in Revelation 16 um, and 20 to 21 to 12, that's where they talk about these things. And however, no one needs to face this judgment. Jesus Christ is the Lamb who was slain, the one who drained his cup of wine, the fury of God's wrath is in our place. And that's what they talk about. He went to the cross for us. Mike, can you explain that to make it a little bit more clear in regards to the real judgment? Okay, well, well, believers and unbelievers is going to be judged. We, as Christians, we're going to be judged for the works that we've done, and we're going to receive our rewards. And that's what the Bible says. We're going to receive our rewards. And uh, I don't know if it's going to be a big house versus a little house, how many jewels you have in your crown, and those type of things. And then it talks about the unjust, the ungodly, they're going to be judged too. And uh, you remember this play that used to go around a long time ago called The Great White Throne Judgment? No, I don't remember. remember? I don't don't Uh remember. No, I don't remember. They used to have a play going around. It was all over the country. I mean, you got a lot of people got saved because it showed what The Great White Throne Judgment is going to be. And you got to remember over in Hebrews it says everything is open and naked before the eyes of the Lord. So you can holler, the Lord, I believe in you, but he's going to look inside your heart to see if you're really telling the truth or not. I wanted to share this uh, before I go on. And this is over in Second uh, Thessalonians 3 and 4. It says, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin, talking about Satan, is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped or that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. His uh, 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 direction has never changed. The reason that, that Satan got kicked out of heaven is because it said iniquity was found in his heart, and he said, I will ascend up into the north. I'm going to sit where God used to sit. And and, and and the writer says he saw Satan fall like lightning when he hit the earth. Mm-hmm. And so so we got to understand that God's mercy and grace, we're under God's mercy and grace right now. I don't know about anybody else that's on this line, but all the stuff I did before I came to the Lord, I know I deserved the death. I know I deserve to go to hell. But when Jesus died on that cross, he died for my sins. He shed his blood and he cleaned me up. And mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for it. And we are under grace and mercy right now. Grace is the ability of God to do in you what you can't do for yourself. Mercy mm-hmm. is unmerited favor. It's nothing that you did. 
but it's God's mercy that has kept us thus far. But when we get in the book of Revelation, when judgment comes, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. There is no more. You can't plead your case and say, Lord, wait a minute. Give me a, there ain't going to be no more chances. You are going to fall under judgment. While we have life in our body and breath in our love, we better make that confession and, 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 and come to God right now. That's because true. if not, we are going to fall under judgment. Mm-hmm. And the first, matter of fact, the Bible says the first who's going to be judged is the church. Mm-hmm. God is going to judge the church first. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to when they talk about when people are sinning, when to know me and sin is worse than sinning within itself because some individuals, they don't know any better. And when he talks about the seventh one, which is the real glory. And the future of hope for every believer is the new heaven and the new earth, and there will be no more sin. And in Revelation 22, 3, there will be no more suffering. There will be no more sun because the glory of the land will shine out in the fullness of its brilliance. And that's in um, chapter 21, 23. And creatures will stand before the Lord Jesus in resurrected bodies and in completely restored creation, and he will see him face to face. And the, this is real glory, which is real hope now, and will be real joy forever and ever. And see, and that's what a lot of individuals are, you know, some people say they're looking forward to because what's going on right now is just out of control. It, it really is out of control. And uh, like I said, but for some reason, I always was kind of hesitant when it came to just the book of Revelation. You know, and even you know, when they start talking about, like you were talking about earlier, the mark of the beast and the kingsmen and all of this stuff, but we got to get down to the meat and potatoes in regards to what is this really about. And well, you know, uh, mm-hmm. me and you were talking the other day, and see, one of the things that we must understand, Satan is very methodical mm-hmm. in how he operates. And uh, back in the 1980s, you know, what we were discussing, Procter & Gamble put out these barcodes on a lot of their items. And everybody, ah, the market of peace, the market of peace. And people were in an uproar. Then people got used to it, didn't they? Yeah, they did. You scan your items. And then, you know, the credit card. You remember the credit cards when they used to put it on this steel plate and run this thing uh-huh. over it. And they'd have the carbon copy of stuff. Well, people's information uh, was getting stolen that way. You got to remember, Satan is cunning. Satan ain't no fool. He's slick. And so it makes sense, okay, we need to get rid of that and do something better to secure our information. So they came up with the credit card. Well, the credit card started getting compromised. So then they came up with the debit card. That money's taken right out of your account immediately. Now they put a chip in the card. They've been putting chips in animals for the past 15 or 20 years. It has a lot of information on it. In New Zealand, they started uh, uh, having volunteers to put a chip in their hands right now. So they go to the store, scan their hand, and they don't even have to see a clerk. Over in a, It's either the campus of Google or Amazon. Mm-hmm. They had, uh, their employees have a chip in their hand. They go into the company store, grab whatever they want to. They don't even have to see that because it automatically scans. They just opened up this store in uh, San Francisco. 
that has a chip. They have a card with a chip. You go in the store, you shop, and it automatically takes money out of your account. So what they're doing is they are preparing you to receive these things, and the Bible calls it the mark of the beast. And it says if you receive that mark, you'll never be able to buy nor sell, and you won't be able to to uh, uh, see God face-to-face, as you said a minute ago. So it tells us, the Bible tells us what? Do not be ignorant of Satan's devices. Yeah. So you have to watch. You have to be aware because people want to stick their head in the sand. This stuff is coming. Me and my pastor was talking about, they got this uh, supercomputer in Belgium. It's called the Mark of the Beast. Um, excuse me, not the Mark of the Beast, but it's called the Beast. Yeah. This, this supercomputer has been in operation for 30 years now. You know, when and you so say all of these things that happen very subtly. And the way, I, the way I put it like this, when I was in high school, I don't think they do it now. But we used to experiment, you know, cutting into frogs and snakes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so a frog is a cold-blooded animal. So what we used to do, we would put a frog in a cold pot of water and put a Bunsen burner under it and turn the fire up little by little. You know that frogs are sitting there and boiling to death. Oh, my God. Because he's cold-blooded. He, he changes with the atmosphere that he's around. Now, if you mm-hmm. take that same frog and throw him out a hot pot of water, boom, he'll jump right out. Yeah. But see, a lot of people are like that frog in the lab. They'll sit there and Satan is turning up the fire little by little. You don't even feel it. You don't even notice it. Or if you say something, or you see something, you're like, oh, that's just in my mind or whatever. You know, and, and, and I, I, I can't say it more strongly than I can right now. You have to know this word. Yeah. You have to be able Maybe. to understand the truth from the lie. And we know that Jesus said what? I am the truth. I am yeah. the light. No one comes through the Father except through me. Mm-hmm. The book of Revelation is the final chapter of God fulfilling his promise to all those who came before us and those who come after us. If we're not taken away before Jesus comes, yeah, you know, and even if we're not here, if if you uh, you know happen to die tomorrow, if you don't know Jesus, you're already under judgment. And one of the things that Pastor, uh, my pastor, talks about, Doctor Wilson, is people don't understand when you die, you go to hell, but you're still going to be brought up out of hell for the second judgment, and then you're going to be thrown into the lake of the fire. Talking about going from the fire to the fire pit? Oh, God. <laughs> you know, every time somebody say that, I always say, I just don't want to be hungry. Just let me just be finished eating before I go. I ain't got time for that. Well, you, you're not going to believe it or not. You're not going to have to worry about being hungry because you're going to have a new body. <laughs> I, know you, I know you love eating and all that good stuff, but you ain't going to have to worry about that no more. No, and then the writer said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Now, mm-hmm. most airplanes fly between 30,000 and 40,000 feet. Mm-hmm. The book of Revelation describes the new heaven and the new earth. It talks about all the mansions that we're going to be living in. It's 15 miles high. Mm-hmm. 15 miles wide and 15 miles deep. 
Now, to break through the atmosphere, oh, man, I, I, I want to say six or seven miles up or something. I, I, you know, I got away from my science or whatever. But there's going to be room for all of us, and I, and I want my match. Yeah. And like you say, oh, that's just pie in the sky. And you're just holding on to something that you don't know about. You have all these naysayers and all these people are trying to uh, uh, put these stumbling blocks and, and traps and stuff in your way as you walk with the Lord. But, you know, I would suggest anybody read Matthew, the 24th chapter, from chapter from verse 1 all the way to the end. It reads like a modern-day newspaper. Mm-hmm. It talks about all the things all the things that we say right now. Mm-hmm. Matthew 24 talks about. Read it for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Read it for yourself. Okay, you know what? That's the best way to do it. When you said it, I even wrote it down on my little notepad. I was like, okay. Because even when Revelation talks about beholding, it's coming quickly. And when we talked about what Revelation is about, we talked about how God is in exile. We talked about his crime, bearing witness of Jesus. And somebody didn't want John spreading the gospel message. So they shipped him off to the island, and he was contained. But we start talking about that even with the book, and Jesus gives John a message for seven churches, which is what we talked about, and going into those different things. And like you said, we got to read it for ourselves. we got to study to show ourselves approved, because Revelation is the resolution of all things the kingdom of God is, once again, physically, literally restored to earth, and the dead are raised, and the final judgments are rendered, and all the things are made new. Now we talk about. You know what I find funny? All these people that predicted the end of the world—they say, "Go sell your houses, go sell your cars, and give me the money." Well, if the end of the world is coming, what do those people need need with money? Thank you. You know that might Remember when 1999 was here and 2000 was about to hit? Everybody was all scared and paranoid and didn't know what to do. And, you know, the world wow. 2000, the world it's just like, wow. You know, it's, ooh, ooh we. Even today with the with election, people are talking about, you know, be careful, civil unrest, and we don't know if people are going to be walking people. It's like, come on now. We, we don't need to do all of that. We really don't. But with Revelation's role in the Bible, Revelation is traditionally attributed to, as we talk about the Apostle John, he also wrote uh, in regards to with uh, the Gospel and the Three Testament letters. And he was a leader of the early church. And I like how you indicated that he's coming to the church first because a lot of times individuals hide behind the church, Mike. Even in Revelation, they hide behind the church. What is that about? Well, it's, it's called hypocrisy. So judgment will begin at the house of God. And uh, the scripture that says, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this in your name? And, and didn't we feed the holy, clothed the naked, and do all in your name? Said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed how these millionaires and billionaires, toward the end of their life, they call them philanthropists? Try to give mm-hmm. all their money to charity and all these good mm-hmm. things, thinking that's gonna get them into heaven. That ain't gonna get you into heaven. 
Because you have slaughtered and stepped on everybody to gain that money. And now you want to give it away thinking you can purchase God. God oh, is not uh, for sale. Uh, I like how you said that. When you said that because of the holidays coming up, I'm thinking of the Grinch. You know, how people have done people wrong. You know, the evil, wicked things that they've done. You know, whether it's putting people out on the street, denying of food, housing, medical care. It's crazy. And then say they, they believe in God. Come on now. You wouldn't do people like uh-huh. that. So we well, really yeah, so need t- to turn away. You know, you reminded me, you know, these rappers get on these award shows and they, they degrade women, they degrade their race. They talk about everybody like a dog. Then when they get the reward, what's the first thing they say? I want to thank oh, my God. Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm like, you make me want to throw up. <laughs> wow. Wow. But that is so true. That is so true. Well, it looks like we are running out of time here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to thank you for joining us. Do you have any topics for next week, Reverend Mike? I'll uh, I'll send you a list. That way you can just pick pick topics. Okay. Sounds good to me. Because like that I said, means you gotta read, that means you got to read your email. No problem. Well, you know what? Text it to me. Can you text it to me, too? Because I have 30,000 emails. I'm sitting here now, sitting up here. I got to do billing. I got to do emails. I got to do see clients. I got to Okay. But I'm going to do my best. Sounds good. I appreciate you and thank you for calling in D and you have a happy birthday. And until next week, remember you got this and be safe. Make sure you go out and vote. Get in your word. We need to we need prayer. Like they say, more prayer, more power. And um we can get through this. We really can. Whose birthday is it? Um, Dee's, the one that's on the line right now. Oh, okay. Well, happy birthday, brother. And if I may, I'd like to close in prayer. Yes, you may. Father God, once again, I want to thank you for a time that we came together lifting up the name of Jesus, looking inside of your word, trying to glean the information that we would have, to walk and talk and be a walking and talking example and reflection of your kingdom. Now, Father, let the word be planted in good soil and that the word that has been discussed today shall bring forth much fruit and that that fruit shall remain. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you very much, and I'll talk to you later. All, All right. right. Have a blessed day. Bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.